Hello, and welcome to this episode of Special Issue, Wiley's podcast about society publishing. I'm Anna Ayler. We talk a lot on this podcast about journal publishing because, well, that's what we do as a publishing partner to hundreds of societies around the world with journals that need to get into the hands of their readers. But that's not all we do, and journals, of course, aren't the only part of the research record. Many societies also have incredible archives of information from researchers in their disciplines, field notes and letters and meeting minutes and other documents that individually are important resources for researchers in the present day, but also taken together can tell the story of an entire discipline and of the association itself. Many of these archives are physical, actual boxes of files and pieces of paper, and that often means that, in practice, all that rich information isn't accessible to a lot of people. So Wiley is now partnering with societies to digitize their archives and unlock all of those resources to a new generation to help with research discovery, but also to help associations understand and tell the incredible stories within their disciplines. Don't take my word for it, though. Today we'll hear from David Shankland, who is director of the Royal Anthropological Institute, about how they partnered with Wiley to digitize their archive. Here's David speaking at the 2019 Wiley Society Executive Seminar in London. uh, As has been said, I'm the director of the Royal Anthropological Institute. Simply put, the RAI is, I think, the, the oldest extant anthropological institute in the world. It operates more or less both as an association and as a learned society. We own our own building in London, and I think probably we're globally unique in presenting that particular combination of of facilities. We have a very fine library, uh, which we operate jointly with the British Museum, and in addition, we have one of the world's most important archives uh, in in, uh, anthropology. The the importance of archives to the historical research within our subjects, I think, hardly can be exaggerated. There are huge amounts of grey literature uh, uh, that simply get overlooked unless you can get a a, a much better overview than simply looking at the, the hard copy uh, implies. Now, as well as just the expectation that's put upon us, it's quite obvious that, that it's actually extremely difficult to visit archives. I myself have some uh, on-running research at the Bodley, and which, which, which I find very, very difficult to get away to, to be able to, to, to get to. And, and uh, uh, e- equally, obviously, if people are coming from overseas, it, 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 it's awkward for them to access them. So if you can digitize your archives in their entirety, then we give the possibility of enabling anybody around the world to look at them at any time that they want, completely in full. And that's really absolutely remarkable. So the potential savings for researchers in terms of time and money are really quite remarkable. In addition, when you can start uh, intensifying your access to digital archives, you can do more. You can search better. You can look at the sequences of things. You can look at the relationships between things. Uh, and, and you can um, make cross-comparisons so much more easily. What's in archives in general? Well, of course, you all know that for your uh, institutes, and I won't, I won't know it, but for, in our institute, we've got extraordinary plethora of extremely important information. We have uh, photographs from around the world, more than 100,000 of them. We have the detailed minutes of our, our committees over the last uh, nearly now 200 years. We have the records of council. We've got the uh, correspondence between figures. We've got the, um, the, um, um, enough details so that you can build up the relationships between researchers and with different societies uh, over the last two centuries. All this means that, that it's possible to rewrite the history of the discipline using them. 
So when uh, uh, Wiley uh, uh, came to us, we were faced with a, a position of, do, do we say that they can um, have everything that we've catalogued, or we just, do we just go straight to digitize everything that we've got? We decided to digitize everything that we've got, and we discovered, indeed, a great deal of material that we didn't have already, as it were. We didn't know that we had already. It was exposed by being able to work on Wiley on site. So that was in itself important. But at the same time, it was a, it was a very smooth, smooth process. Um, Wiley employed a, a dedicated specialist, experienced people in their own field, and we were able to work with our professional archivists to take things forward uh, very, very easily. So what does it look like? I would say for me, it wasn't just a pleasure to work with um, uh, 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 Wiley staff with, with this. It's also, I was extraordinarily impressed by the investment they put into the digitizing uh, uh, interface. It really is, if one sort of had a dream of how a, a really good digital archive search engine would look, I think it would be this Wiley one. And I haven't got a live interaction here, but this is basically the landing page, and this is a sample search. And that's the kind of result you get when you do a search uh, on him, with very, very detailed metadata, depending on, of course, what's been catalogued, and the digital image of the file itself. What happens during this process is that, is that Wiley uh, came to us, they asked to look at everything, they said, okay, you've got some material that's perhaps a bit delicate, no problem, we'll preserve it for you. They said, you've got some stuff for which the boxes have disintegrated, no problem, we'll provide you with new boxes. And um, uh, also, um, we were worried about the transport of some material, they said, that's fine, we'll either, we'll either digitize it off-site or on-site if you think that it shouldn't be uh, moved away. Were there any particular challenges? Well, I think every institution has to think very, very carefully about what they can expose to the whole world. But in the end, from our point of view, it was really very straightforward. We simply decided that we wouldn't put anything up that mentions people uh, which is uh, less than 50 years old. Anything before 50 years old we thought would be absolutely fine. We're all aware that some anthropological photography can be sensitive. We looked at this very, very carefully, and we more or less operate a, a situation um, where if anybody objects, we're happy to take it off, and we'd only put something on the net that was very, very obviously, in, um, take anything off the net that was very, very obviously inappropriate. And so far, indeed, we've had no complaints whatsoever. So although this material, um, uh, perhaps, if one looks at it in a, in, a, in a very sensitive way, could be regarded sometimes as being, being raising controversies, in fact, there has been no controversy at all. So, what's the, the, the result of all this? Well, I firmly think that, that, that making digital archives online globally has the potential to be absolutely transformative in the future. Certainly only after I got to know our archives extremely well did I realize that the standard anthropology book on the subject, and I won't mention the author here, had simply got its chronology completely back to front, and that it indeed can be rewritten simply through archival knowledge. And we should make it uh, uh, clear, I think, that the um, RAI uh, is only uh, one of the partners in this program, and it's now been announced that the RGS is also a partner. And we have historically very, very close links with the RGS. And so when it would be possible, for example, for we at the RAI to digitally cross-search between the RAI archives and the RGS archives, then I really think that we'll be writing, in the next 20 or 30 years, completely new histories um, of, of our subject. Digitizing a big physical archive takes a lot of time, resources, and expertise, but it can really pay off. As David says, in the process of creating RAI's digital archive, they found some materials they didn't even know they had. And taken all together, archives can tell the story of a society's aspirations, its conflicts, challenges, successes, and the impact of that society across disciplines, 
over time and across geographies. Right now, REI is one of a growing number of societies using Wiley Digital Archives to make their records more discoverable and accessible. And as the number of partners grows, the resource only becomes more valuable. If you're interested in learning more and seeing what the archive actually looks like, you can visit wileydigitalarchives.com. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us next time. I've been your host, Anna Ayler, and you can find more episodes and learn when new episodes are released by subscribing in iTunes or wherever you like to listen. You can get more news and information on society publishing from Wiley on Twitter by following us at, at Wiley Societies and on our website, wiley.com slash network slash society leaders. Our theme music was produced by Medine, and this episode was edited by Dennis Velasco. Thanks for listening.